Hi, I'm Nicole Tillman, the worship director here at Shore Christian Church. We are so glad that you're here, and we hope you enjoy this sermon from our new series, Broadway at the Shore. To hear more sermons like this, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. First um, John chapter 4 and verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. How does God show love? Um, this is what he did. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God. It's not about our love for God because it always falls short. It's never good enough. It's not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning substitute sacrifice for our sins. And dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. God has loved us, we ought to love one another. Not when other people are good to us, not when other people agree with us, but the only way this world is ever going to see God, the only way the message of the gospel is ever going to get out is if we learn to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for your presence that is in the house of independence this morning, Lord God. Uh, I thank you that your gospel, that your word is just as alive and powerful today as it was the day Jesus resurrected from the grave. And I pray, Father, you'll speak through me that You'll touch the hearts of every single person in here today. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Uh, who has seen uh, Les Miserables before? Um, I, I have never seen the movie. I tried to watch the movie with all the singing with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, uh, Russell Crowe. Um, how did Russell Crowe ever get that part? Ooh, that was a little rough on Russell Crowe's part, but that's all right. He's Gladiator. He's okay in my book. Uh, but I, I was, I'm more of like a movie guy, so I watched the Les Miserables movie with uh, Liam Nielsen and Uma Therma, and I was just blown away at the power of this, this story, uh, this incredible story of this man, Jean Valjean, and, and he was um, caught stealing bread when he was just a young person, and uh, he was given 19 years in prison. 19 years of hard labor. Imagine what that would do to a person to, to have that kind of punishment from something you did as a child. Imagine the wounds that you would have in your life. Imagine the anger that you would come out of prison 19 years later with, uh, just out for the world, uh, always wanting to, to take vengeance because a lot of times we think that justice will heal our wounds. Justice does not heal wounds. Mercy heals wounds. And we see that in the life of Jean Valjean, as, as he represents uh, uh, th this man uh, who has wounds, but then there's this other guy, his name is Captain Javar, and, and his, his whole mentality on life is justice, and the law, and punishment. You must pay, and I, I'll, I won't rest until I get my man. I won't rest until they pay for what they have done, and, and, and that's the way that he lives his life. And, and Jean Valjean, when he gets out of prison, uh, he's an angry man. He has nothing. And he knocks on the door of uh, a priest, knocks on the door and, and tells him, I have nothing. I've been in prison for 19 years, and, and do you have anything to, to eat? And in an incredible way, they show love to Jean Valjean. And they open up their doors to him, and they, they give him a hot meal to eat, and they give him a bed to be able to sleep in. Uh, incredible kindness was extended to Jean Valjean. 
Uh, but then he does something uh, terrible because a lot of times if you have wounds inside of you, even when people show you kindness, sometimes you can't even receive it and, and you end up hurting the people that, that show you the kindness. And that's what Jean Valjean does and, and he, he steals from them. And we're just going to show a quick clip of that right now. From that moment on in Jean Valjean's life, that, that wound was healed in that moment of mercy and kindness where he couldn't believe that somebody could show him so much love. And from that moment, Jean Valjean went on to, to be an incredibly generous person and he, he helped uh, found a business and he was just a servant of the community. And, and then there was this other guy, Captain Javar, that, that was always out to get him, always getting people to pay the price, punishment, justice. As we look at the gospel, the gospel is so full of beauty. That, that is, I, I believe, the original intent as, as God created the heavens and the earth and he put Adam and Eve in a garden. It was just full of, of so much beauty. I mean, just the other night I was driving with my kids and, and uh, I just went by the, the sunset. I'm like, my God, this is amazing that I get to live in such a beautiful planet with, with, with so many beautiful people and taste buds. We got taste buds. Do I hear an amen for taste buds? Some, some of you, those taste buds have gotten you in big trouble. Uh, the, the other day, um, somebody um, took me to this place. It was, uh, I think it was either seed to sprout or it was a vegan joint. And they, they wanted me to eat a, uh, a gluten-free donut. I threw it in the garbage. I said, I want extra gluten on my donuts, baby. I don't eat, I, I, I want just frosting, gluten, just load it up because I'm so thankful for taste buds, baby. I get to enjoy food and, and uh, we, we're, we're Diamond's pregnant, as we announced uh, last week, really excited about that, having our third baby. And what a beautiful thing it is to, to, to see the gift of life come and the, the, the miracle of birth and the, the beauty of it. And, and some people, they'll, they'll say, my gosh, it's beautiful. The belly, you know, it's getting, it's growing. Um, and they'll say to us a lot of times, um, were you trying? That is the most awkward question for anyone to ask, and even more awkward to answer it. Just don't, don't ask that question ever again. Yes, we were trying, and it was awesome. If I had my way, we'd try every night, but that's... <laughs> told the first service um, I should bring my notes out when I preach. I, I stay on topic better, but... Uh... <laughs> I, I mean, it's beautiful, what the, the, the beauty of God's love for us. He loves us so much, and unfortunately... Um, what gets in the way of that beauty is, is something called affliction. And uh, we, we've been given so much beauty, but yet there's so much affliction within our own heart. There's this chasm of, of selfishness that we have that we're born with. And, and that, that a lot of times can pervert the beauty that God intended with life. The, the love and the pleasure that God intended us to live life with is, is the affliction and the selfishness within our own hearts and our own souls. And, and that affliction, uh, man, it, it could create wounds inside of a person. That, and some of you this morning, you have so many wounds inside of you. Uh, some, some things maybe that were done to you that created a wound, that created a, a hole in your heart. Maybe some stupid decisions that you did in your life created a chasm between you and God. It's the, it's the beautiful affliction. And sometimes it's the betrayal that wounds us the most. I feel like in my life, that's the strongest one, is the people that you love the most, the people that you show so much generosity to and forgiveness to and love, those are always the people that will hurt you the most. 
Those are the people that can create an affliction within your soul. As I saw the movie of Les Miserables, it reminded me of this, this great story in the Bible. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. And it, in the Old Testament, God would speak through prophets. And God would use their lives, these prophets, to literally demonstrate what he wanted to say to his people. It wasn't all the time what they said, the prophets, it was how they lived. And, and he would speak through prophets in the Old Testament like Isaiah who prophesied about the coming Messiah. And he would speak through prophets like Amos and Habakkuk and, and Daniel and these mighty men of God. And then there was this one uh, prophet that he called, his name was Hosea. And Hosea, his name means salvation. And I, I feel like that's so fitting for the calling that Hosea had on his life. And, and I can imagine uh, Hosea being a young, young man and God saying, Hosea, I'm going to call you to, to preach the gospel to my people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you in a mighty way. And Hosea is like excited. Yes, that's what an honor. What, how exciting can it be to be used of God? And, and God's like, yeah, I, and I, but before you do that, I want you to get married. I mean, Hosea, yes. That's right. I, I want to get married. Marriage is good. Marriage is awesome. I'm doing a wedding uh, today of a, of a couple a year ago that actually proposed in a service at Shore Christian Church, Alana and Dean. I can't wait. Marriage is awesome. So I'm sure Hosea was pretty pumped about that. And then, and then God said, but, but wait, that, I'm not finished. I want you to go marry a prostitute. Come again? <laughs> uh, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, you, you, we read it right here in, in Hosea chapter 1. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said, Go marry a prostitute and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you and your life to preach a sermon about my love for creation, about my love for humanity. And, and he says, so he married Gomer. What a terrible name. God, you, I got to marry a prostitute, and her name is Gomer? Come on, man. Anyone ever done that? that? Come on. You know? uh, <laughs> but so, so he, he goes, and, and he finds Gomer. Uh, how he finds her, we, we don't know. We, we don't know uh, the surroundings of that. Um, I'm sure that it took a lot of prayer, and it took, took a lot of courage for Hosea to find Gomer, and and somehow they, they connected, and, and you could see that healing began to take place in her life as for the first few years of their marriage, things were pretty normal. Um, they had one child. They, they had a son, and you, you could see that, that Gomer is beginning to understand the purpose for her life, and uh, kind, of, kind of the way a lot of us are when we, when we see God and we understand that, that we are loved and that he has a purpose for our life, and healing begins to take place, and, and then she has a third child. And this third child is not Hosea's. It's, a, it's an illegitimate child. And they named this, this third child Lo-Amin, which means not my people. And, and in that moment, I am sure that there was tension in the house. Uh, I'm sure that, that as much of a good man Hosea was, that, that there were some questions that he was asking Gomer. Why would you do this to me? How I, I mean, all that I've done for you, I've loved you so much, and, and you, what, you go back and you do this. I'm sure that there was anger and there was arguments. And, and a lot of times in life, if we don't allow the, the wounds to heal and we get in a pressure-packed situation of arguments and stress, a lot of times what we do is we go right back to what we are comfortable with, the places 
places that we were comfortable in, the people that we were comfortable with, because we have not allowed that wound to heal. That's why you need to go all in with Christ and allow him to take his finger and heal those wounds that no man, no woman can heal. No drug can be able to dissolve, but only through Christ. But Gomer didn't allow that to take place. And when pressure came in her life, she went right back to who she used to be. And so now here's Gomer abandoning her husband, going back to to the life of prostitution. What I love about our God is he never gives up on us, that he is watching you. When you are sleeping, he is watching. Even if you, God, I don't want anything to do with you. He will still go after you with relentless love. He does not take no for an answer. And a lot of times with, with, with Halloween coming, uh, we talk about the haunting, right? A lot of us, we are forever haunted by the Holy Ghost. Because no matter how far we fall, the Holy Ghost will always haunt you. He will always come after you. To, not to judge you and punish you, but to love you and heal you and restore you to your plan and your purpose. And, and Hosea, I, I, I mean, he's, he's heartbroken. This is his wife that not only cheated on him, but left him. And now he's got these three kids. One of them isn't even his. And, and I'm sure he's asking questions. I'm sure he had some, some dark nights, some, some difficult days. And, and then he begins to hear the voice of God again. And God begins to speak to him again. And this is what, what God says to Hosea. God says, go find her. Go find her. No, no, God, you, I need to go find another wife. That's what I need to go find. No, no, no. God says, go, go find Gomer. Go get her. And, and this is, it says in verse 3, it says, go show love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulterer, love her just as the Lord loves his people. You got to understand, in Israel at this time, this was an incredibly prosperous time in the in the life of the northern kingdom of Israel. Things are good. Employment is 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 skyrocketing. Things are great in in the life of Israel. But a lot of times we bring our struggles to God, but we don't bring our successes to God. That when we're struggling, man, we're on our knees. We're in prayer. We're in God's word. But when we are in a successful season, a lot of times that's when we start to draw back from God. I'm getting too busy. I got too much going on. I I got things in my life that are successful now. But we need to learn to bring our struggles and our successes to God. That in every season, God, I am a vessel for you to use. And so they were manipulating God's love. They, the people of Israel, they thought three things about love. They thought, number one, that it could be purchased. They thought, number two, that love can be found in self-gratification. And they thought, number three, that love can be found in inanimate objects. And, and God says, you know what? I'm going to send Hosea to show this group of people what real love is all about. Because we are not too far from the way Israel was back then. Uh, a, a lot of us, we think love can be found in inanimate objects, in self-gratification. It can be purchased. But God says, I want to show you what real, authentic love is. Hosea Go find her. Where, where do I go? I mean, where do you go to, to find a woman who is back in 
prostitution. Now, I'm sure this was an incredibly awkward and gut-wrenching search that Hosea had to go on. How long did it take? We don't know. But he, he went to the darkest places, the, the, the crack houses. He went to the brothels. He probably had to ask around, hey, can, have you seen my wife? Uh, I mean, Hosea, oh my God, you, you're still looking for her? Um, yeah, yeah, we saw her a couple weeks ago, but she didn't really look too good, man. You should go back home. No, I got to find her. And something so powerful happened as he's, he's searching for her. He's searching for her everywhere. And, and then all of a sudden, in the center of the city, he sees people beginning to gather. And, and he goes over to, to, to where the people are, and, and, and he, he gets understanding through the way you know, word, word travels that there, there's, there's a, an auction for slaves, for, for sex slaves that they're selling in this moment. And Gomer, uh, she, for whatever reason, thought that this was all that she was worth, was just to sell herself to, to whoever wanted to use her and abuse her. And, and in that moment, it's one of the most beautiful pictures of God's love for us. Hosea sees Gomer on the auction block, says, that's my wife. I don't care who she is. This is her price. You either pay it or get out. But you don't understand, that's my wife. I don't care that that's your wife. Imagine what it was like when they, they saw each other for the first time. Imagine what it was like for Gomer to see the man that came after her again. I'm sure that, that at first she tried to kind of hide in, in shame because that's what we do is, is we hide in shame, kind of like Adam and Eve when, when they sin, they tried to cover themselves and hide from God because that's what's natural for us. And I'm sure that, that she was hiding in shame, trying to cover herself, cover her nakedness, cover her sin. But in that moment, Hosea says, I'll buy her. How much? Fifteen shekels of silver. And when I, when I watched that movie last night and when, when Jean Valjean heard from that priest saying, with this silver, I purchased your soul. With this silver, I brought your soul back from evil and I have given it to God. In the same way, when Hosea was willing to purchase his wife, it brought restoration to her. It brought a healing to that wound that she had in her life. And what I love about the gospel is in the same way that Hosea went searching in the darkest places, the messiest places, the most despicable places to find his wife. So our Savior, Jesus, came down off of his throne to search for us in the darkest, messiest places and said, I found you how much silver and gold is not enough to buy this soul, Jesus, but only through your precious blood. And that is a love story. That is real love. And that is the love that Jesus has for every single one of us. And when we begin to understand what God has done with us, that he took our place, what comes out from inside of us is a love and forgiveness that we want to share and give this world. If you think justice is going to heal your deep wounds, then you're going to be fighting your whole life. Because healing only comes through mercy and forgiveness. There's this other scene in the, in the movie Les Miserables, later on where there's this, this, this man who's in the middle of a courtroom 
And he's being accused of, of all these things. They have witnesses bringing up all these accusations. That's the man. That's the guy that did it. That's the man that you want. That's the man that needs to be punished. And, and in this beautiful moment, Jean Valjean has been forgiven. He has been loved. His wound has been healed through the grace and love that was shown to him. In that moment in the courtroom, as this man is in chains and shackles, he stands up as they're looking for prisoner 24601. And he says with a loud voice, I am that prisoner. I am 24601. Take the chains off of him and put them on me. Because that's what love does. Love forgives. Love has mercy. And God did the same thing through his son Jesus for you. When you stand on the auction block and you are being accused of what you have done in your life, all the shortcomings, he says, take the handcuffs off of him, off of her, and put them on me but we get so sadistic sometimes and we say no I deserve this I deserve punishment I deserve guilt and shame the rest of my life because of what was done to me or through me Jesus said just like him and Barabbas are are standing before Pilate you have the perfect man and you have the sinful man Jesus says, take, take me. Take the handcuffs off of Barabbas and put them on me. And in that moment, Jesus is carried off to receive the punishment that Barabbas deserved, that I deserved. In the movie Saving Private Ryan, there's this beautiful scene at the end of the movie. And Private Ryan, uh, they did this whole mission just to rescue him, just to find him. And in, in this beautiful moment at the end of the movie, um, all these men have sacrificed their lives for, for Private Ryan. Uh, they, they were victorious, but they lost so many men in the process of saving him. And Tom Hanks is there, and he's bleeding out. He's dying. He's got gunshot wounds. And, and he, he pulls Private Ryan over and says, come here, brother. Come here. And, and Private Ryan comes, and, and Tom Hanks says to him, he says, you see this? See, all, all, all this blood, this was for you. So make something of your life. Go and live. And Jesus says the same thing to us. Don't waste the sacrifice that I did for you. Go out there and live your dreams. You're free of your past. You're free of bondage. You're free of who you used to be. Go and live the life that you always dreamed. You're free to go. A lot of, we had the, the, the zombie walk there yesterday. Anyone in, anyone in the zombie walk? I was the only one. I let it. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't there. And you, you see all these, these, these zombies walking around, right? Zombie walk. Biggest zombie walk of all time, right? People, you know, crazy. We saw one person one time had a cage with their baby in it that said zombie bait. It's a little freaked out by that, <laughs> but... <laughs> But you know what? Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to make zombies alive. And you were a zombie 
walking around humanity with no purpose and no direction, carrying all the sin on your back, beat up and tore up from the floor up, but then you saw who Jesus was and faith was activated in your heart. And in that moment, you became alive in Christ. What a beautiful moment of redemption that I don't have to walk around here with no purpose, but I have redemption but here's the thing doesn't stop at redemption because redemption always produces number four finally a revolution a revel that's right not not a revolution of 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 punishment and and laws and restrictions but a revolution of love by this we know love that christ sent his son to die for you and how do you show that love you love one another. You love one another. You have been forgiven. You have been shown mercy. So go out there and love one another. Not just when you agree with one another. Not just when you see eye to eye with one another. But you go out there and give the same mercy and the same grace to people in this world. Because that's where the revolution is going to come from. We need a revolution in this country. Do I hear an amen? Yeah, everybody should say amen to that. And guess what? That revolution is not going to come through changing a law or, or doing this in Congress or, 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 or getting uh, justice here. No, 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 no. That revolution is going to come through love because it is not a law that changes somebody's heart. Go talk to Moses about that. He knows all about it. But it is the mercy and the grace of God that can change a heart of a person, not a law, but a Savior. And as we love one another, that's when the revolution can take place. Let's just stand to our feet right now. Did you, did you get something out of that, that sermon? I, Hosea in this story is, is Jesus. That story, who are we? I'm Gomer. <laughs> Dang it. I'm Gomer. You're Gomer. I, I, I've, been, I've been off running from God. I wanted to go back to who I used to be. I'm Gomer. But we have such a loving God that says, I will chase you down wherever you go. I will find you. Whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, my love chases after you. It is relentless. It is unending. Maybe you have children that are out there on the streets. They're, they're, they're far from God. I want to encourage you this morning that his love is going after them, that his grace is surrounding him, them, and he will protect them, and he will restore them. You just keep praying for them. You just keep pleading the blood of Jesus over your children, and God's love will chase them down. Just bow our heads, close our eyes right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone in here this morning, Lord God. I pray, Father, that they will be opened their eyes to the love that you have for them. How amazing your grace really is, Lord God. What you have already done for us, Lord God, that you have purchased us not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of your Son. God, I pray what will come out of us will be a revolution of forgiveness, a revolution of love in this nation, Lord God. God, I pray that, that we will 
receive the healing that you want to give us, Lord God. There's some wounded people in here this morning. That you have been wounded by this world. You have been deeply wounded by other people. A lot of times when we're wounded by other people, we think that what's going to heal that wound is is justice or, or, or wrath. That just makes the wound grow bigger and deeper and deeper. But God, it is only by your mercy and your forgiveness that we can have that wound healed in the name of Jesus. That I don't have to have that, that bitterness in me any longer, that anger, that frustration. That God, you heal deep wounds. That, that it is by your stripes that we are healed. And you were wounded for us so that our wounds can be healed, Father. Right now, do a miracle in somebody's life. Heal that wound. Heal that wound right now in the name of Jesus. That your finger is going inside their heart right now and beginning to mend what has been done to them. Father, heal that wound in the name of Jesus. And as God is healing you, now go out and be a vessel for him to love your city, to forgive, to show mercy. And we will see a revolution happen. In Jesus' name, amen.